Slice Audio. new studios and I got new toys to play with it's the book of Murdoch oh this is gonna be so much goddamn fun welcome back we made it through a break And this is a brand new studio that we are recording in. Um, okay. So a couple things. You know what happens. Let's do a quick advertiser update here. When you take a couple months off from your podcast, you lose a, <laughs> you lose a couple advertisers because they don't like that shit. <laughs> but I got to say, like, okay, real moment. Circle of trust, everybody. I'm, I, I can no longer at this point, and perhaps it will get resolved tell you to use book VIP to advertise because their customer service sucks. And it's turns out maybe it's not that good. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a deal. Like, let's just call it what it is. Book VIP is a really cheap vacation at a shitty resort somewhere warm. That will be nice. As long as you don't expect the world and most things will go your way. The food will be hot. The drinks will be cold, etc. But like your your experience getting there and your experience back will be absolute dog shit because this is is this is just cheap vacation. If that's still in it for you and you still want to you know go for it, go to MurdochJones.com, <laughs> click on the book VIP link. Technically, it's still up. I'll get the commission, I guess. But like you know, don't expect the world. How's that for an ad? <laughs> that bro, that will be the probably the last book VIP ad. Actually, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just keep it up. Like, why not? It's not that good of a service, but it will save you up to 80% or whatever on your vacation. And you'll be pissed about a few things about it. But your spouse or friends or kids or whoever is with you will remind you, this is what happens when you use a really shitty, cheap vacation. You're going to hit a couple of icebergs. That's on you. Don't freak out. You want to pay full pop and get all the bells and whistles? Then there's somewhere else for that. They don't advertise on this podcast, so I can't tell you who it should be. Uh, <laughs> okay it's the book murdoch podcast thank you for joining us welcome back to it i've been uh making notes of things i do want to talk about but um you know about every year i'm gonna take a couple months off from this because life gets in the way you get my you know my kids graduated high school man that's real and like i took a vacation we built some new studios there's been shit going on but even next year if there's not shit going on i think that's how we're gonna break up the seasons of this show a couple months a year maybe just a month you don't need to hear me yapping i can take a break everybody will live also i think i need to check oh we should check right now i believe i'm coming back just in time to (laughs) to make sure that I am still the number one streamed podcast on the Home Slice Podcast Network. (laughs) So I really want to make sure that's still true. Because let me tell you, the second I know that I am no longer the most streamed podcast on this Home Slice Podcast Network, I will start doing a show every day. 
because, you know, what good is it to go into work if there's not some super petty competition you can sink all of your energy into? Um, <laughs> hold on. I'm logging in and looking right now. We just have to, we just, I mean, we have to know, right? Mostly so I can just give Mark Houston some shit. While I'm pulling that up, I have a counterpart here I work with at Home Slice Media Group. His name is Mark Houston. Runs a fantastic show called Whiskey at Work. Plus, he does a lot of other great things. He's uh, the guy behind a great radio station called Cat Country. Um, and he's just an all-around funny dude. But he doesn't have the all-time most streamed podcast <laughs> in, in the network. Oh man, I am I'm hanging in by a thread. It's a good thing I came on back. Those guys are gonna catch right up. But sure as shit, that's how I'm gonna post this on social media just to get his goat a little bit. Um give at whiskey at work a follow. Well let's just should we just get into it here? What do you want to what do you what do you want to talk about here? Let's talk about what I've been let's just do this. Here's what I've been up to, if you give a shit or not. Last I left you, ooh, I need to know, what were we talking about? This is how you know I've been off for a while. Oops, sorry about that. We're still working out some bugs here in the studio. Uh, last time we were yapping. You know, by the way, if you are yourself missing an episode, you can go to the one one and only website, I guess we'd call it, murdochjones.com. Come And you can listen to old episodes yourself. Um, boom, 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 boom. What was the last episode? Nobody wrestles alligators without a crowd. Um, boom, 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 boom. I don't even remember. What were we talking about? Well, let's pull it up and find out. While you all patiently wait for me to look for stuff, <laughs> I'm not editing any of this out, too. Listen, don't listen. I don't give a shit. I'm just back from vacation. What do you expect from me? You know, by the way, you can go to your favorite podcast player on Apple or on Spotify. A lot of you just like to listen on the website. I think that's nice, but you can just open up Spotify or iTunes and you can just search Book of Murdoch and you can, you know, catch an old episode or not. Um, okay. Oh, shit. I don't have a tea of the moment. I don't have tonight's tea. I completely forgot we were doing that. I might have to listen to the last couple episodes. Last episode, we were doing post-hot yoga. Okay, so there's the deal. I've continued my uh, try to do yoga four times a week, and I have been maintaining that schedule. And I believe as of uh, as of this morning, I'm not quite down. It's been fluctuating a little bit because I ate my feelings when the twins graduated. And also, I went on vacation and drank all of the tequila I could find. So, you know, you got set back a little bit. But about not quite 40 pounds, I think, which I don't mean at all as like, look at how cool I am. I'm a success story. Everybody follow me on Instagram at Murdoch J because I've lost so much weight. I don't mean it that way. Uh, the mental benefits of all of this seems to be better than the physical. But the physical, I am, I will notice this. I have lost enough weight to uh, start to get more noticeably hit on by older married women not in like a throw themselves at you but in a flirty type of you know i've got white hair i look a little old i lost a little weight 
throwing around a little swagger. You know that confidence you have when you've lost a few pounds. You got a little soundtrack in your head when you're walking. You know, I got that swagger going. So, like, you know, that's starting to happen. That's nice. I don't mean that at all as brag. That's just something that I've noticed. Um. Oh, we were also talking about tanning. I have, I have still tanned a few times. Just keeping you up on my health and beauty routines here. I have, are there any other new products? I now have, I believe it's time to admit out loud that I have an addiction. I have currently nine different, um, not flavors, scents. Let's go with flavors. I have nine different flavors of deodorant currently in my bathroom. Plus two eye rollers. I've discovered um, anti-pore face masks. That's nice. Also, there's a new... Oh, listen to me. I sound like I'm starting a beauty podcast. <laughs> You're starting... I have... This is this is how I know it's getting out of control. I have a friend of mine staying with me, and he's in here from Washington State, and he's just crashing because he needed a place to crash. And when he gets up, you know, like, I've, I've noticed this. He is in the shower out and ready to go inside of 20 minutes. And now I have packed on so many beauty routines, but I'm still kind of like, an, you know, I'm a... I'm a dumb guy trying to use them. So all of this, ta- I haven't been jamming mascara in my eye for 40 years. This shit takes me a while. So <laughs> he's got toothpaste, gel, you know, deodorant, the basics. And I've got 400 products. It's getting out of control. But I ain't stopping. It's kind of fun. I'm into it, man. I ain't letting up now. I'm just going to get into it. Um, okay. So I've been writing down little snippets of notes of, of stuff I want to talk about. And let's, I'm just going to go down the list. Some of which I'm going to tell you, um, and you know, I'm, I'm not that I'm pretty forgetful. So there might be a version of these. I don't completely remember what I meant. And we're just going to take a guess at it. That's fine too. It's just what happens when you take a little bit of a break. Um, okay. Let's start here. Um, I, let's just start off strong. Let's start off strong. I have a story from L sister, but it's not really L sister. This is a story of my brother. I have to tell this story. Okay. So my brother, I have been, I watched, I recently watched my brother's great Dane and poodle and, and they like my brother and his wife and the kids. They like great Danes. They've always had great Danes, which is awesome. I love great Danes. But there, it's like it's like having a horse in your house that's drools and it's stupid. But they're still they're very pleasant. And it don it, I I had the strongest memory. Uh, okay, this is not funny, but it's 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 not funny. All right. So my brother had a great Dane named Buster, and he was a giant. Like I want to say he was. 260 pounds. By the way, if this is your first episode of the Book of Murdoch, from time to time, I like to, I have these flashes of memory come back from my childhood in the little town I grew up in called Elsister, South Dakota, which one day will say home of Murdoch Jones, murdochjones.com. But that's an argument for a different podcast. I like to get back into the memory banks and tell you some great old stories because 50% of the time it was pretty Norman Rockwell and I loved my childhood growing up. But like, as I look back at it through an adult lens, it was real hillbilly once in a while. This is neither of those. This is just tragic. And well, again, this is, this is, again, I can't state this enough. This is, this is not funny. So my brother has a great Dane named Buster. And it is 
200, I want to say 260 pounds. And it is afraid of everything. It's afraid of TV trays. It's afraid of Frisbees. It's afraid of other dogs. It's, it's afraid of any noises whatsoever. Don't even get me started on fireworks. It couldn't live in the valley where all the fireworks get exploded. Like, but giant. Like, my toddlers would ride Buster when, like, they were four, maybe even five, and they could ride him like a pony. Like, you could put him in the mutton-busting competition, and he could be the finals. He could be the smokeless war dance of the mutton-busting championship round. But it was afraid of everything. Poor Buster, he was just afraid of everything. And so my brother and his beautiful wife, on the most joyous day they can think of, bring home a beautiful baby girl, which is just the most adorable, precious little thing you've ever seen in your life. And 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 for those of you with a parent, take a trip with me, if you will. Remember that day that you brought home your bouncing baby children. That's a... It's a joyously stressful day. It you are on like it is it has never been more acutely aware in your mind that you have to take care of this living creature that you now have never you've never loved anything more and here we go. <clears throat> so <clears throat> my brother and his wife and brand new baby walk in the door. And the buster of the great dane comes up to the baby, gives it one sniff and Again, scared of everything. Certainly included on that list is brand new <laughs> newborn babies. And um, <laughs> again, this is not funny. So, you know, that baby freaked out the Great Dane and the Great Dane started to run down the stairs to go find a safe place to hide. But on the maybe around the top step or two, had a heart attack and died and rolled all the way down the stairs. <laughs> And and my and my brother had to call call my dad, and they and like again, this is not funny. And on the on what had to be the one of the top five happiest days of their entire life, my dad and my brother had to wrap a two hundred and sixty pound Great Dane in a sheet and roll it up like they were moving a body in a mob movie, and my. <laughs> It's not, I can't say it enough how not funny this is. And so my dad, being a good dad, he's like, hey, man, I'll take care of this at the vet with the cremator or however that works. And, like, and you know, it takes this giant body, I guess, down to the crematorium or wherever you go. And, like, the, the cart was broken, so they had to drag the body in. And then the – again, it's not funny. Like the dude, like, I'm not pushing that thing in, like made my dad push the, this is how I remember it anyway. My dad, I believe if you get my dad a couple of whiskeys in, he will tell you the story of the day he had to shove a Great Dane into the, into the oven at the, <laughs> and he wouldn't fit at the crematorium. Oh man. That's my family. I love them so much. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's get let's get let's get into this here. 
Um, pum, 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 pum. What do I have on the list? Okay. Let's start with. This is a note. I have no idea what this was. I have no idea what this comment means, but this is what I wrote. Um, a, the white rabbit anti-Nazi, not the same as Facebook posts. I have no fucking idea what that means. The white rabbit anti-Nazi. So if any of you know what that means, by the way, if you understand my code that I was writing to myself to remember to tell this really interesting story. White rabbit Nazi. <laughs> None of this is helpful. Well, I guess if any of you remember, uh, <laughs> find me on whatever social media you follow me at or bookamurdoch at gmail.com. You can also leave me a voicemail and tell me what you think that meant. Six, I swear to God, this is real. You can call this number. You can leave a voicemail. You can leave whatever voicemail you want on any topic I get wrong. You just call in. You can save this number in your phone. And whenever you hear me say something, that is absolute bullshit. You just call this number. You tell me what I did wrong, and I'll play your thing on the air. If you're right, you're right. We'll battle it out a little bit. Anyways, save this in your cell phones. 605-340-0811. One more time. 605-340-0811. You go ahead, call, leave me a message. You can tell me what you think that means. Again, the code word is the white rabbit anti-Nazi. Not the same as Facebook posts. I have no idea what I meant. Hmm. I better mark that. No clue. Okay, so... Oh, okay. Here's a note. So, in... <laughs> during my... Let's just call it my sabbatical. During my sabbatical on this episode, or this show, I uh, recently have been trying to watch some... You know, I'm back on airplanes a little bit, so you have, you have time to watch more television in your life. And I've been trying to go back to some older shows that I've been interested that, that you kind of watched when you were growing, your coming of age shows, high school, college type shows, right? Remember Big Love with Bill Pullman? Is it Pullman? Is it Pullman or Paxton? Whichever, which, which is the one in Twister, which is the dumbest movie on earth? Bill Pullman. It's not Bill Pullman. It's <laughs> shit. I just did it. Is it Bill Paxton? Yes, Bill Paxton. Oh, shit. Is Bill Paxton? Bill Paxton's dead. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, that's a bummer. Okay, Bill Paxton, who is so terrible in the movie Twister, you have to kind of watch it if you've never seen it, but holy shit, is it bad. Okay, he is in a, a television show they made in HBO called uh, Big Love, which is about a Mormon dude with a bunch of wives and a, even more bunch of kids. And like they're trying, it's comedy and drama and it, and, and, and whatever it's, it doesn't, it didn't really hold up. I couldn't get really. So like, here's what I'm noticing about late nineties and early 2000 shows. It's tries to show like, Oh my goodness, look at the trials and tribulations of what the, what an, what a moral polygamous family is going through. And I get that, but really the show could be retitled. Here's Bill Paxton fucking. And how stressful that is. Like, that's half of the first season. And I got to tell you, with the lens of history, it, it just doesn't hold up that much. Like, look at this poor white guy with a boatload of cash. He can't possibly drink enough Gatorade and orange juice to have sex with these crazy religious women. It just didn't hold up. Maybe it got better, but I didn't give it a chance. 
There's your there's your Bill Paxton update. Wait, is Bill Pullman still alive then? Oh yeah, Bill Pullman's still kicking. Bill Pullman was terrible in Independence Day. Bill Paxton was terrible in Twister. It's very important that we continue to confuse that constantly because it's funnier. Um. Ooh, I want to maybe not. Well, maybe I don't know how political I want to get right now in this. We're just back. I didn't. The reason half I needed a break because it was too much political bullshit. Let's just give it a rest. Oh, here's one. I wrote a note. <laughs> I wrote a note to myself to talk about this, and here's what the note said: PB and J massage oil. I'm. I know what I'm talking about, but I don't. <laughs> Okay, so we were moving out of the old, out of our old studios, and there's like 30 years of shit. You just, every house or business or whatever it is, you just collect this stuff, right? And in one of the boxes of just junk that just accumulates was a tiny little bottle of massage lotion that was peanut butter and jelly (laughs) flavored. I believe the brand was called Demeter. I need to Google this. Demeter. PBJ oil. It smelled like disgusting peanut butter and jelly. Oh my God. Demeter fragrance library handcrafted in the USA. It is the perfect balance between grape jelly and peanut butter, which took years to achieve and more attempts than we can count. Well, let me tell you, Demeter, I got the earlier batch of this, much like when a bourbon maker, the first couple (laughs) barrels of that, it's real hot. Not that good, man. (laughs) (laughs) also by the way it's supposed to make you think of your childhood which somehow is gonna make the sex good i don't i'm not i can't vouch for the product i guess i have i've i've smelt it once or twice and it smells disgusting mostly i just like to open it and say hey smell this what do you think but if anybody would like to uh, own your own, this can be the first giveaway on the show. If I can find, I think it's in my office somewhere because I can't quite get myself to throw it away because it's funny, which is exactly how this shit accumulates. Some doofus thinks it's funny, and then 30 years later, it's just in some dipshit's box, and he doesn't think it's funny at all. Anyways, if anybody would like, tell me. <clears throat> you, can leave, <laughs> you can leave a voicemail on MurdochJones.com. And you can tell me um, the perfect evening you would like to spend with some Demeter PB&J massage oil. That's what you want. Thinking about childhood meals during sex, that's always an option I wouldn't have thought of. Oh, yeah, okay. So did you? I saw this in the news while I was on my break. I was trying to catch up and put interesting rock and roll tidbits. And they made a Nirvana song out of artificial intelligence. And they made it. So how? Let's talk about how how they do that first. So they take they take the Nirvana catalog, and the hits and the chords and the whatever and the lyrics and like they turn turn put it in this computer program and it kind of kicks out like a real generic sound of Nirvana song. And they, and they made it with a computer 
And like they wanted to put it out there. I'd like why they did it. They put it out there. And if you download it, a little bit of money goes to some sort of mental health deal. And like, <clears throat> can't talk about mental health enough right now, man. It's like, holy shit. We got to you gotta talk to a shrink, talk to your friend, talk to talk, work out the shit that you're not getting along with. This, this shit can't hold. We got to start working with each other, dude. Start at the basics. We're checking with yourself. It's important to me. Not just because the more you're healthy, the more listeners I can get, but like, this is where this shit needs to start. That's why they were doing it. They down, they put out this song and a little bit of money went to some mental health awareness thing, which I think is badass. But here's, I have a theory. I don't, can it come, okay, this is, I guess, like the, you know, can, can, this is, this is how my brain wraps itself around artificial intelligence. I don't go to the Terminator 2 style of are they going to kill us, but I certainly think they're going to try to at least kill us. But I go to more, okay, here's the here's where I'm holding hope for humans, but in the worst possible way. A computer can't have a heroin overdose and then write a fucking song about it. If they can make the artificial intelligence good enough to fake a <laughs> heroin addiction, then I worry about the songwriters of of our world. And and we might not lock me, you might not be long for the earth, but I have a hard time seeing that getting invented. But I guess that's the point with artificial intelligence. We don't see any of that shit coming. Turns out they do invent it. They get mad about it. And then they roll out the computer that kills everybody. And then Arnold Schwarzenegger shows up. And then a little later on, he runs for governor. The whole thing starts over. Um, oh, this, this is interesting. I wrote down... <laughs> okay, this is... <clears throat> excuse me. I'm losing my voice because I don't have the tea of the evening. A, I, this Dogecoin, this Bitcoin, Dogecoin, whatever, like a downside of taking so much time off is I wrote down Dogecoin. I have too many college friends that I want snort no does that are into this to have any faith in it whatsoever. And that is a 100% true statement. But God damn it, I didn't get back on air enough to get back to you guys in order to make my funny point come true before all of it crashed in half or whatever it did. And, like, I get it. I own a little Dogecoin. But, like, I'm not... Some of you acting like this is going to be the how you make money for the next 40 years. You need to fucking cool it. Because, again, that's a true statement. I have watched... I wish this wasn't real. And I this is not a joke whatsoever. Although, I mean, it is what it is. That's a true statement. I have too many friends I've watched that talk about this Dogecoin thing like it's the future of the world. And all of us that are doing things the old way are stupid. I have watched too many of you snort no does. And in, and if and like I believe in second chances and righting wrongs and, and empowering your life and, and making better choices. But I generally think that if a bunch of you were also snorting no does, decent majority you are gonna maybe you're not snorting no does anymore, but that mentality holds a bit. And you're all talking about Dogecoin like you beat the system. And mm, I just I wouldn't give you my retirement money. I'm going to just keep my money. I don't mean to sound like an okay boomer about it. Like I own a little bit of it, but like I'm into it a little, but like I'm not You're. I don't, that's not a group. I wholly trust for the long haul. If you will, that's, that's a real, that train track is real loose. I guess is the nice way I want to say, <laughs> say that there's too much correlation with things like QAnon. To get me to hold that tight. I'm glad you made all your money. None of this is sour grapes. Fucking make all that money. 
And if you prove me wrong, I hope you bail us all out. Uh, I ain't going to say I told you so too hard if it turns out the other way, man. But I'm rooting for you, generally speaking. Not about all of it, but I don't want you to lose all your cash either. Um, hey, Lyft drivers, now that we're coming out of our houses. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm coming back to the show. We're remembering all the old bits. Here is, oh, by the way, this is where I need, like, I need to hit a little button and make a little noise, because now that I've got this new studio, I can do it. It's time for This Week in Smells. Let me tell you, Lyft drivers, now that we're back to the way of the earth that it used to be, or at least we're getting into some version of how it used to be, how about we cool it with the Axe body spray or whatever equivalent you are bombing into the car? I can't see it is so thick. It hurts my eyes. I'm still going to tip you. I'm never going to give you a bad review because it's just not how I operate. So I'm just generally, I guess I'm telling you, let's make a collective effort to just politely ask every lift drive. Like I don't, I open the window immediately when you get in. I don't care how hot or how cold it is. And I would rather roast outside than have to smell that smell as strong as I smell it. And I'm a little crazy about smells, but on this deal, I don't think I'm the only one, man. You Lyft drivers need to take a third gear. We are in fifth. We need it in third on the Axe body spray. Too many smells. That is This Week in Smells. Thank you for listening. <laughs> All right, here's, here's a note I have. I have, I saw on, I don't mean, by the way, none of you actual friends who listen to this, stop emailing and asking if I'm talking about you. I'm never going to tell you. Just give it a break. There's like, Hundreds and thousands of people that listen to this show that have never met you in a million years and they're never going to meet you ever. So just calm down. That being said, here's a note I have. (laughs) Friend became a real estate agent, which is like becoming a waiter on the Titanic. I actually, this is one of those things where we're going to see if I'm true or not. Time is going to tell. It is my firm opinion. I don't care where you live, anywhere in the United States, that becoming a real estate agent in 2021 is not going to last a decade as a career, as a job, as a, as a thing you can do in life and pay for your kids' college and food and cars and condoms and whatever. I don't know why I want condoms. But, like, it, it, you're getting napstered, man. And I don't want to say anything because, like, what do you like? They're pretty excited about it. Like, look at this. It's a big career. And by the way, I hope they kill it. I hope they sell a million houses or buildings or however that were. I don't, you know, I get it. But, like, I'm rooting for you generally speaking i don't think that's an industry i'd be getting into right now it's like getting into (laughs) when i was 17 years old my parents told me become a computer programmer you're you you do this thing on the internet that we don't understand and you're on there every night do get into computer programming we don't know what it is but we know you'll make a good living so i go to computer programming school you know what you learn in 19 actually this would be two you know what you learn in 2000 in computer programming school your entire industry is getting replaced by the country of India. Welcome to class. That's not after you graduate. That's not year one on the job. That's week two of fucking school. That's generally how I feel about joining the real estate <laughs> industry right now. Again, let's be clear. I'm real dumb, man. I could be super wrong on some things I am. I don't think I am on this one, man. I think you need to, that's not a, that's not a thing. You better learn, make sure you know how to type or strip or bartend or, you know, almost anything else. 
Now, you know what would be fun? Six, seven, eight years from now, we're going to be able to dig this up. One of you <laughs> ding-dong real estate agents that are listening to this, you're going to put a little note on your calendar, and you're going to send me a screenshot. Like, I'm still an agent. In fact, I'm rich now. I, I absolutely hope that's true. Let's see. Guess we're going to find out, aren't we? I got time. Six years is nothing. Um... Oh, okay. So you know, this this also happened while I was out. There's been a stamp price hike. I was I was amazed to learn, by the way, in an email, that they have <laughs> increased the price of a stamp to what? By the way, um, price of stamp. The price of a stamp is now fifty five cents, which I guess has gone up. No, I'm sorry. It was 55 cents. Now it's 58 cents. That, I I guess, like people are mad about it. I'm amazed there's stamps. What are you mailing anything for? But like, I get it. Some of you just can't and there's some shit you got to mail. Also, there's instances where it's nicer to get it in a mail, a celebration or a card or a congrats. That's not, it's more personal. I understand that. But like, why are you mad that the stamp price went up? It went up, A, it went up three cents. But like, I don't stand in our, like, I, I've i recently discovered we have a fax machine because somebody needed, somebody from the government needed to fax me something because they can't email me anything. And, and I mean, right. But like, I had to ask what our fax line was. This would be the equivalent of somebody came in and complained about the fact that the the facts took to what the fuck are you faxing me something for? By the way, this is generally why I'm a Republican and people are like astounded like I'm some, you know, beating some religious death drum, but like hey, you know why I'm a Republican? When I called New Jersey and some government entity to get me to fax some receipt I paid three weeks ago or email some receipt I paid three weeks ago, they can't email it to me because the system doesn't work from state to state and they had to send a fax. And all they're waiting for you to hang up on you because after you go, after your brain, like your brain stops for three or four seconds while that happens. Just to like, you just got to let the disappointment pass. And they're just waiting for you to get mad about it. And then they then hang up on you. And then you got to start the whole process over. That's generally speaking why I'm a Republican. Because I think Republicans are better at that. I, I mean, it's proving to maybe not be the case here from time to time lately. I get that. Anyways, stop getting mad about stamp prices. You know what you can do? You can go to the library or you can use your phone or you can get on any family member's device and for absolutely no money at all, you can go to gmail.com, sign up for something and correspond with your loved ones for free. By the way, it can send instantaneously. You don't need to wait much like the horse and buggy for the vaccine for a reply. Perhaps there are easier ways to (laughs) frustrate your anger. Okay. Um, that's kind of good. I've got, we're going to do, we're back to the schedule here. So I'll be back next week or so. And we're back. We're in it to win it here with a couple of episodes. And I've got 40 more notes. I wrote down some of which I understand some. I don't, I want to end with this though. Let's like, I can't brag it. Just, I just want to brag just a little bit. I'm just, I'm so sorry, but like, you know, you don't have anybody you can just say this to. And I don't mean this to be an asshole. Like, I mean this, like, I'm just happy about it. Like, 
I bought a pair of skinny jeans, okay? Hmm? A couple months back. Just try. I'm just trying it out. I'm trying to be open-minded to the ways of the people coming up underneath me because I believe they're the future. I know how that sounds. And I know what does that have to do with skinny jeans. But part of that is embracing fashion trends just to give it a try. Within reason, got to punch at your weight. You can't wear a costume. You don't want to look ridiculous. But like, you know, I can swing a pair of skinny jeans. Let's try it out. And it turns out I don't hate them. They're all right. You got to watch it so your flat ass don't look like you're ridiculous looking. There's a line here, certainly. But, like, let me brag about something. The skinny jeans I bought a couple months ago, now they're not skinny jeans anymore. They're way too big. I can't wear them. That feels really good. I want you to feel that. Not just about the weight loss, but, like, you know, part of the reason I took a couple months off, I needed a couple of months where part of my gig isn't also talking to you people. I just needed to internalize it a little bit. And that's super healthy. Like that's self-aware. I'm feeling good about it. You know what I did in that time? I am, I, I worked on, I know how dumb this sounds, but I worked on myself. I did a ton of yoga and like worked out some personal stuff that just wasn't sitting right. And like, and none of that's, you know, good, bad, and different. It's just normal, right? It felt good to work through all that. And then I didn't have to have that in your mind before I come and talk to you folks on, you know, so like, I, it seems like it's taken forever when you're just starting one of these, I'm trying to live a better whatever journey. Like, dig in, man. Just keep trying for a while. Because when you add a couple months to it and your skinny jeans that you were so embarrassed to actually try on in front of the mirror before you even wore them in public are now way too big. That feels kind of good. And there's a lot of different ways to feel that feeling. So, like, I hope you feel it soon. I guess is how I wanted to end that. I just wanted to end with a nice little thing. I took a while. I took some time off. And if you came back to listen to this, that means a lot to me. So like, all right. Okay. Let's do this real quick. Cause like, I'm so, I've become so, <laughs> that made me tear up a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm very emotional. My kids are graduating or graduated. And so I'm just embracing these, the, you know, just real emotional lately, man. but like, it's kind of fun. Just go with it. We were all raised, by the way, men of my just age of men of men of our era. We were all raised with this. Don't be a pussy. Rub some dirt on it. Quit your crying. And and like, I believe in some of that because there's a time for it, certainly. But I think we were too little heavy handed with it. Maybe you should cry and maybe that should be okay. And you should cry as much as you want if you need to cry. Like, you know, be a man, but like cry a little bit, too. It's fine. Nothing's going to, you're going to feel better. Okay, let's end with something funny. Here's a story from El Sister. <laughs> We're going to begin and end with the stories from El Sister. So in the summer, if you wanted to, if you were half a farm kid, you could detassel corn, which I believe I've talked about in earlier episodes, detasseling corn. It's basically how you make seed corn. It's how you make next year's corn you're going to plant. And, and, and so how it works, which is super boring, but I'll just explain it to you. Basically, a busload of high school kids and a couple of college kids who are their boss who are in no way, shape, or, or maybe just older high school kids who are in no way um, trained or experienced enough to be managing a, a busload of 75 high school kids. And there's generally like an English teacher or something kind of roaming from field to field, making sure nobody's, you know, murdering each other, etc., keeping it from being Lord of the Flies. But you basically, you walk through a cornfield, you pull the top off the corn, you throw the piece of corn down the ground, and you have to do that to the whole cornfield, except for a couple of rows. So it doesn't matter why, just, it doesn't matter. Just pick, here's what I want you to picture. 
it start. You get up at four in the morning. You get on a bus. You drive a half hour to a, a cornfield. And the sun is not up, or it's just coming up. It's cold, and then it's wet because there's um, dew on every single leaf of corn. So you start at five thirty in the morning, freezing your ass off, wet, and then in like forty five minutes. It becomes 110 degrees with 300% humidity and you're eating a, like a spider web every 10th step. It's not a fun thing, but it's, you know, it's a job that high school kids can do. And it's pretty good cash. It buys you a lot of high school beer. <laughs> so it's, it's not a pleasure. It's hot and it's miserable and, and you hate half the bus because they're high school and everybody's the worst. So you're always looking for ways to pass the time. Once in a while, some rock and roll kids will sneak in weed, but you can smell that everywhere or booze and you can smell that everywhere. Cigarettes as well. That was kind of a, there was a real, if you go over there and no one knows you're smoking and you're not an asshole about it, they would let you do that. That was kind of weird, but okay. But here's, here's something I'm not sure if you know. (laughs) You can get high off toads. Not frogs, by the way, toads. There's a distinct difference. But in our detasseling crew, we would cl- <laughs> you would walk while you were detasseling. Why were you pulling the tops of the tassels off of the corn and throwing it to the ground? When you would throw it on the ground, you would look for toads. There's toads everywhere in sandy cornfields in eastern South Dakota where I grew up. Pick up the toad if you saw a toad. You put it in your little pocket, making sure not to hurt the toad. And you go to the end of the cornfield. And then you'd come back and then there'd be a break after a round or two. And we would all collect these. I know this is insane. This is so redneck hillbilly. Somebody, the urban myth got started <clears throat> that you could get high off toads. If you squeeze the little glands behind their ears, it emits a poison. Then a poison is a hallucinogen. And so we would, <laughs> we would try to collect as many toads as we could to see how many toads it would take to get you high. And all we really did was get sick. We never really got high. Multiple people would claim, myself included, because you wanted to be cool. Oh yeah, I'm feeling it. But I to this day as we sit here and memor and like talk about this memory, I can't I don't think it actually worked. But I don't know if it actually worked or not because I don't know if we had the dosage right and I don't know if, I don't even know if we have the right toads. But if you grab a toad and you squeeze a little thing behind its ears, it like emits a little white thing, like milk, and then you would lick it. I know, right? Lick it. You would lick the toad. It was like a manhood like you're not cool if you don't lick the toad. And when you're 16, you, you're a sucker for that kind of line. And so let's find out. I've got an internet. Why, instead of us asking, um, getting high off of toads. How toad licking gets you high, oh shit, and then kills you. Uh-oh. <laughs> we didn't know that part of it. Toad, oh my goodness. Toad, I'm just going to read this for a while. I feel like the dumbest hillbilly on earth. Toad licking has long been recognized as a stupid, risky way to get high. But do you know the biochemistry that determines how stupid and risky it actually is? Let's find out. The first problem with toad licking is that it just isn't any toad that will get you high. Well, there's strike number one. The most famous culprit, one that has sent a lot of dogs on bad trips, is the cane toad. It is what is the cane toad? I need a Google image. Those of you with me, let's all Google image a cane toad. Okay, it is not the common toad. <laughs> Shit. We were just licking toads. 
This toad isn't even in the country. I feel like the dumbest boy on earth. This does this toad, the toad you can get high off of is called the cane toad and it doesn't live in 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 the upper Midwest where it is often cold. It just lives where it's hot. Well, okay. So there if you had the right toad it is called 5-methoxyantitripto one of these words Joe Rogan knows and 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 that's what it does but like let's get to the other stuff just because i the headline said something about death one of the chemicals it secretes is used to treat people medically called digit di, digitalis it's meant to treat people with irregular heartbeats <laughs> And there isn't much difference between the dose that saves a person's life and a dose that kills them. And the toad's toxology differs from toad to toad. So just across the board, let's not lick any toads. There are certainly easier ways to get high. But I guess if you're just going to lick a bunch of regular common toads and get sick, the only thing you have to worry about is warts. Oh, my God, we'd be so worried about warts. We'd lick these stupid toads, and then for weeks you'd look in the bathroom going, what if I got warts? Why did I lick that toad? What is wrong with you? Why are you succumbing to peer pressure? And you do that 40 years later, and that's what being an adult is. Hey, man, thanks for listening. This is the Book of Murdoch. I'm glad to be back. We're into the swing of it. Uh, Thanks for the break. Go to book VIP or not. I do need to rework my deal with Onnit, but why I'm doing it with them, they're a great company. So make sure you support them. Onnit.com slash Murdoch. Get you a deal on that thing. Thanks for listening. Tell two friends about this show. We're back and cooking, and we're still the most streamed podcast on the Home Slice Podcast Network. Sorry, Mark Houston. I'll talk to you all later. It's time for the credits. I need to cut some credits. The Book of Murdoch. This has been a Home Slice audio production. This particular credit was recorded in Studio 2A. The executive producer is Mark. <laughs> He's in my cell phone as Mark fucking Houston. <laughs> executive producer is Mark Houston. Engineering, Chris Jaquez. I think it's Jaquez. I call him Jaquez. And he is certainly the smartest man at Home Slice when it comes to technical abilities. I'm Murdoch. I wrote this uh, photo and videography by Russ Danger Haddon. And all graphic design done by our chief brand officer, Robert Tiberius Henry. See more shows at homesliceaudio.com or check out the homeslicegroup.com. Thanks for listening. Give this a like or a share. And you have a great day. Mark has to listen to this, and he's going to be so annoyed, and that tickles my fancy. (laughs) So leave this goddamn piece in.